0: All right. Today, big one. Tuesday, December 5th, college football playoff numbers or teams announced Florida State 13 and 0, left out. Texas, Alabama, both with one loss in. And it has turned the college football world upside down. For best, what constitutes the best team? What's important? Conference championships, injuries. Um, I've obviously been seeing this thing a little biased with the big Alabama future. So I'm very happy with how it turned out, but you got to feel for Florida state undefeated out of conference was a ranked LSU team on a neutral site and at Florida. So two sec teams and they just, I mean, what else can you do? There's nothing else they can do, but. They are left out. Alabama is in. I think we're gonna have a great playoff. I think Alabama, Michigan is gonna be a better game than Florida State, Michigan. Maybe that's not necessarily how they should decide the playoffs. But what was your reaction Sunday Sunday morning when watching the watching the reveal? It's
1: my first inter- re- reaction was I saw Texas come up third, and I was like, okay, so Alabama's in mm-hmm. because. The reason Florida state didn't make it is there's one reason and they can tell you it was the quarterback. They can tell you whatever you want. People will use whatever naivete they want, but they could not put Alabama over Texas Mm -hmm. because that straight up tells everyone going into this 12 team playoff, which devalues the regular season The response to that would hopefully be, well, now people will schedule more interesting games, whatever, going forward. So we'll get a little bit more substance to the regular season. If you go in and say, okay, Texas didn't make it because we think Alabama's better. Then if you're Texas, you're like, then why did we even schedule the game if it's just going to be a beauty pageant at the end of the year? So they couldn't do that. But they couldn't leave Alabama out because Alabama beat Georgia. And in their minds, Alabama was one of the four best options. Because it's not about the four best teams. It's about the four best options. So this is what they came up with. They came up with, if Alabama wins this game, then Texas and Alabama are in. And if Georgia won that game, they would have put the four undefeateds in. And they would have said to Texas, Texas. I'm sorry. You know, you beat a team, mind you, Oklahoma State, whatever people are like, yeah, they looked so good. Oklahoma State lost 33 to seven to South Alabama at home. Oklahoma State lost 45 to three on the road at UCF. So that game did not matter. But anyway, they would have said to Texas, I'm so sorry you lost a game. None of these four teams lost. The second Alabama entered the conversation again with that fourth and 31 at Auburn. And then, of course, they beat Georgia because I think just about everyone thought I actually thought Georgia was going to win. But if you told me in that moment after the fourth and 31, Bam was going to win the national title, I'd be like, makes fucking sense to me. Like, that's how this shit works. Like, you, if you do not kill something when it's ready to be killed, it will, it's like the fucking Mike Myers shit from Halloween. So that's what I knew right away. I was like, if you put Texas in, you have to put, or if you put Alabama in. You have to put Texas in. So if Texas gets in, they're both getting in. Or if Texas is at three, I'm sorry, then they're both getting in because Texas would have been four if Florida State was still in. Florida State would have been three. I think the bottom line comes down to this, though. You have to ask yourself, what question are you personally looking to to answer? Because I have some friends telling me, like, I'm glad I don't have to watch Florida State. And I agree with that. Michigan, Florida State, especially as an Ohio State fan, that is just miserable. Like sitting there knowing, like, oh, maybe they could have won if they had Jordan Travis, but they're also like not a super deep team as is. They have like that's that's what happens when you're a portal-based team rather than these juggernauts that build, build, build. So you never know what happens, but watching a third string or a second string quarterback against Michigan is gonna suck. So the question then becomes is the season of college football about crowning the most deserving champion, the best, sorry, the best champion. Do we want to see the best team in college football from that year win? And do we care more about everything in the regular season as a buildup to be rewarded by going to the playoff? Or do we think that this is more about, Hey, We just want the best games on January 1st to get the biggest numbers so that we can crown the best team at the end. I think they chose somewhere in between because the best four teams in the country are Michigan, Ohio state, Georgia, and Alabama. And they've all already played each other. So in the BCS era, we could have realistically, I mean, I know Alabama had a loss, but we would just have Michigan play Alabama. Those two games were semifinals were done. They cut in between They dropped Florida State because it was inconvenient for them. We get this in-between bullshit. But at the end of the day, it was the best outcome for what they could do with what they were given. So it is what it is.
0: It's really difficult. I'm thinking of – we're obviously watching every Saturday in tune. If you're not watching every Saturday and I'm thinking you're trying to explain this to somebody, Georgia, someone's like, oh, Georgia – Georgia's going to probably win it all, right? They haven't lost a game in three years. And you go, yeah, but they're out because they just lost the SEC championship to Alabama. So, and you are like, okay, so Alabama has to be in. Unless they, oh, did they get upset by a three-loss team, a four-loss team? It's like Alabama ran the gauntlet in the SEC. They lost an incredibly tough out-of-conference game to a playoff team. It's really hard for me. To look at the playoff and say George, that the one of none of the four best teams are from the SEC and not include Alabama or Georgia. It, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around. They've won, I think it's like seven of the 10 14 playoffs. I heard they've won like nine of the 15 before that. It's like that conference has, has proven that they're the best. Georgia hasn't lost a game in three years other than the SEC championship to Alabama. And the team that beat them was undefeated in their conference and is a 12-1 and conference champion of the best conference. And you're going to leave that whole conference out? I think that that's uh, like – that is the one thing where I think that's probably what went on in that room. And you go, if we're getting the four best teams – you have to take somebody from the SEC and Alabama conference championship matters, Alabama beat Georgia. And then you just so can't why disregard play, Texas.
1: Why would anyone else play the games? What was the point of Florida state season? Uh, there was none.
0: It, but there was the way, no, the way
1: that the, the Bible, way the, you watch, the way they
0: set it up was exactly for the reason of, they say, we weigh conference championships. Head they don't to head. weigh anything. There That's what no. no, this, is, is what they, no this is what they know. This is what they their
1: bylaws are garbage. They're no, by, they say no, the bylaws are. There's like, no method.
0: No. Well, what I'm saying is, they go. We look at conference championships. We look at head to head. But there's no hearing. Well, there's yeah, no yeah. I know. But then they say we look at the total record, and then they go. Oh, and other factors, so that they can do whatever yeah. they want. They have that last thing in there, so that they can do whatever they want, and as much as you want to be mad at the committee and people want to be mad at the committee, the system, it, it's the, the fault. We've know, we've set ourselves up for failure. It just took 10 years to finally yeah. get burned by it because what, I mean, if you think, Oh, there's five power conferences, let's set up a playoff for four teams. That's going to come back to bite you at some point, but the, the jump from two to eight would have been too much. Two to six would have been a lot with incorporating buys So they go two to four and then, but now we're going four to
1: 12, which is a bigger jump than all of it, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. So you're never going to have this again, which I know we, we felt certain ways about four to 12. It almost seems like it should be either two. And it's like, you take the two best and sometimes an undefeated team is going to get left out. Or you have to go up to a number where it's like, all right, everyone with a legitimate claim has a chance because if Louisville, let's say Louisville wins that game, Next, It's next year, Louisville wins that game, and number 11, Ole Miss, gets bumped because Louisville gets an automatic bid. I don't think people are having this, oh my God, Ole Miss deserves yeah, to be in. But- so this is the la- the only time we're ever going to have, have it be this heated, which I think in a way is good because nobody's ever going to get burned like that, especially when someone like Florida State has earned it. They're not going to get screwed.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the way I look at it. It's like this for the sake of January 1st, two semifinal games, what do we want to watch? Everyone in their right mind would say, I'd rather see Alabama play unless you're a Florida State fan or you're a Michigan fan. So if that's the whole point of this, then yeah, they got it right. But I think the bottom line comes down to this. it's College football has never been a sport that has been contingent upon like the end goal being crowning a champion, like the NBA, no one really watches the regular season super intently because the goal is rings. It's ring culture. It's like this guy won this, this guy won however many the MLB it's 162 games in order to get, and we talked about this during the MLB playoffs. Like the regular season is almost devalued because of the way that the structure and the small series and whatever, but the world's like, no one ever cares how many games you won unless you win the national title. College basketball, the whole goal is getting the tournament. Like we see teams lose, like like UConn was horrible for a short stretch on the road last year. Didn't matter; they hit their stride coming out of conference, coming to the tournament. And the whole point of college basketball is like not even winning the national championship. It's like different stages of progression in the tournament. So like, did you win your conference? Did you make the second weekend? Did could you make a final four? The the point of college football is it's a boy, it's a sport built on regionality, rivalries, and regular season-based goals of like we won our conference. And it's since it's a sport that is the resources are so finite and they're so heavily put into such a small percentage of the teams everyone kind of has their own realistic goals. Like if you're a Penn state fan, your goal is more about making the playoff and winning the big 10 than realistically thinking every year. I want to win the national title. If you're a Kansas fan, you probably want to win. You want to beat a team like Oklahoma like did this year or Texas or someone. And maybe, you know, you want to make a bowl game or win a bowl or do something like that. Like everyone kind of has their own version of what matters. And we just got proven today that none of not nothing matters. Like the thing that matters is there's eight teams in the country that the seasons actually mean something. And then when push comes to shove, they will find ways to make it so that only their seasons matter. Cause only they have a chance at winning it. So at the end of the day, like this is just going to continue with 12 teams where it's like, yeah, we made the 12 team playoff. We lost by 25 in the semifinals. Like, They're changing the sport holistically from a regular season based operation to now something that's really it's it's unrecognizable. And Florida State is the tip of that iceberg because they it's not like they lost the championship game and were a one or lost to Florida, then won the ACC. And it's like, oh, they're a one loss champ compared to other one loss champs like they didn't lose a game. The whole point of sports is to keep winning. Like d- depends on style points, whatever. Like you're an Eagles fan, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. I'm an Ohio State fan. Cardell Jones won the playoff. Yeah, Cardell Jones won 59 to nothing against Wisconsin. But like at the end of the day, the reward for going undefeated is having an opportunity to win a national title. They yeah, were I, stripped of that.
0: I think this is I know you're not a fan of the 12 team. I think this almost is um like this almost proves why everybody like 95% of programs would want an opportunity the 12 team playoff because you're always going to get that opportunity if you win games with the automatic bid for the conferences. And I know we've talked about, oh, it means less now if you slip up. Maybe your season's not over. But how many times have we seen two teams from the same conference get in? Either whether it be Ohio State, and Michigan last year or Georgia and Alabama. And it's like, well, those four teams seemingly get a buy where like a pass where they can slip up and still get in. Whereas, like so other teams, that's only State happened three times. Yeah, but the teams that it's happening to are the are same. It's Alabama again. Now Alabama leapfrogs Florida State when they probably when Florida in the State years that that's deserving.
1: happened. So there was the one, the one year they put in Alabama. Alabama didn't play Georgia, so Georgia won the SEC. Alabama got in over a two-loss Ohio State, who was the fifth team. The only time that we've gotten two from the same conference is when there hasn't been enough conference champs to fill out the four. I just think it's taking away. Like, if you're Michigan, right, you're the one seed right now. Imagine if Michigan had to play Ohio State again in the Big Ten championship and then again in the playoff. There's something to be said about like, like yeah. Alabama yeah. eliminated George on Saturday. George is the best team in the country. The whole point is you get you, if you win, you shouldn't have to see. Like, if Texas has to play Alabama in the national title. That's fucked up because Texas played them at their place. They won. They should no longer have to play that team again.
0: Yeah, but we also, if we go back further, it's like two thousand. Oh, was two thousand nine? It was LSU Alabama played in the regular season, and then at the end of the year, they played again in the national championship,
1: which was horrible because LSU should LSU won at Bama. Yeah. They sh- that should eliminate them. Yeah, but but,
0: but some teams they give, just give they selectively yeah. give
1: second yeah they selectively give second chances. And that's why I think six teams, especially with now that the Pac-12 is evaporating, six teams would have been perfect. You take your four conference champions. get The group of five shit is so stupid. Liberty would be
0: like – No, these rules were made when Cincinnati and UCF were good every year. Like Liberty – And now they're in the
1: power five. Both those teams are in the power five. Yeah. Yeah. But that if we had four conference champs, that gives you a way of saying, like, if you're Florida State, you you can illuminate all doubt by winning your conference. Then you give a second chance to two teams. Like, if you're Georgia right now and it's like, we lost Alabama, we deserve a second chance. Okay, fine. Then you don't get a bye. We give the top two teams a bye. You got to go on the road if you're the at-large. I think that makes sense. But I think that the the more and more we do this kind of stuff, it's like, they show up that twelve-team graphic like constantly. That's like they're 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 pushing the twelve-team graphic nowadays more than they pu- they actually show what we're yeah, going to see. No one's actually going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, look at these games. You know what everyone says? Look at those second-round matchups. It's like no one's saying like, oh, dude, can't wait to see Florida State Liberty or Missouri oh, wow. play Oregon. Like, Ms- Oregon had two chances to beat Washington. To prove that they belonged, they were ten point favorite the second time they lost. Missouri played Georgia, and they played LSU. LSU had three losses. Who wasn't even ended up being that good? They lost both the games that matter. What's Missouri's best win?
0: Tennessee,
1: Kansas State, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, it's like your best win's Tennessee. Like, do you really belong? Like, It's The whole
0: thing is a circular reference because Alabama beating Georgia. Somehow help Texas because Texas beat Alabama. Yep, but now you beat Georgia, which is the best win because they're number one. Oh, but they just lost, now they're number six. So Alabama, your win really isn't that good, so you should get bumped back down. And it's like the whole thing is so. I mean, I saw a good a good tweet was when people are talking about this discourse I saw that said, "When we decided." to love college football, we signed up for it. We knew what we were signing up for. It's always been well, chaotic. We signed up for this. It's always been chaotic. It's always had no rhyme or reason. It's been how many in the 90s, like as early as the 90s, there have been multiple like co-national champions. That's like the modern era. And that's happened. So that's, that
1: that's where that's why my point is that we have never invested ourselves into a season with the end goal being national championship. Until recently, like the BCS started, but even even the BCS, I remember growing up rooting for Ohio State thinking like, oh, I hope Ohio State can at least be in a New Year's six, like win a Sugar Bowl, win a Rose Bowl. Like Those games used to matter a lot more. Guys weren't opting out. Guys were playing like it mattered when Ohio State won the Rose Bowl with Terrell Pryor against Oregon. It mattered when Oregon beat Russell Wilson's Wisconsin team. Now, now those games are glorified scrimmages. We've taken it with this 14 playoff and we've made it. So the only thing that matters is the national title, which is fine because then the regular season still matters a lot because it's only four teams. Like you need to make sure that not only you go undefeated, but you go undefeated with at least like, you know, scheduling a non-conference game that matters. Like if Michigan went undefeated this year, with their wins being their non conference best win being UNLV, there was a chance in a two team that if Georgia won, it could have been Georgia Washington. Like there would have been a debate. So that's why teams were incentivized to schedule harder games to beat, you know, better teams. So at least that remains some integrity. Now we're getting to a point where the now that like quote unquote, everyone gets a chance, which is total horseshit, it makes people feel special. It's, it's, it's everyone gets a trophy. You get to feel special for a couple extra weeks, even though your program is not a serious program who can make an actual national championship run. Now we're going to get to the point where everyone's goal is make the playoff because it's so tangible to do that. It's going to remove a lot of the things that matter. Like Penn state beat Ohio state in 2016, Penn state did not make the playoff, but they beat Ohio state and they won the big 10. That's probably the best Penn state season in recent memory, and I think everyone on that campus and everyone in that fan base, although they were upset that they didn't make the playoff, they realized we lost two games, it happens, but we beat Ohio State and we won the Big Ten. That's awesome. We can wear our Big Ten champion shirts, we can do whatever. Now those goals become oh, we just gotta make the playoff. It doesn't matter if we win the Big Ten. You know, the Big Ten's great because we'll get the bye, but we gotta get in. We got to get in. And you take so much out of the incremental path in college football, where like Ohio state's program is built on beat Michigan, win the big 10, try and go win a national championship. Now you can not do the first two and still do the last one. And it takes away a lot of what makes the sport special.
0: Yeah. Uh It's definitely, it's interesting because we both have different perspectives. Like I'm going to be happy if Penn state makes the playoff next year, but like winning the big 10 would still mean a lot, especially next year with, how it's expanding it's Mm. they they are together we've talked about this a lot you need you kind of need the expansion with the um with the conference realignment because if you have a penn state team that goes 10 and 2 that beats ohio state oregon and usc and loses to washington and michigan how are you supposed to compare that 10 and 2 team to let's say a florida state team that goes undefeated or like an ACC team that goes undefeated where they have two ranked wins, but they're 13 and out. So it,
1: yeah. And I think that's where together, six... it's
0: like the the chicken I or the egg. It's... it's like what came first or the other, but I, Florida, I don't know. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like I can't even put it into words, but the whole system makes no sense. Um
1: If Jordan Travis doesn't break his leg, I think Texas in. gets left out. I think oh, Texas gets left out.
0: No, no, they wouldn't. Ne- I don't think that they could have justified putting.
1: They justified. They, they I think they would have found a way. I they think would, they would have just said. I don't think said-
0: they would have had Alabama over Texas because they've had Texas ahead of Alabama the whole year. And that's like you said earlier, that's they. they would- but that
1: was before they beat Georgia, which is the best one of the season.
0: Yeah. But then Texas become beating Alabama becomes the best one of the season.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because now Alabama's so
0: then- better. So it's like it's all but whole- the thing
1: is that you could argue that Alabama was not fully formed. You could yeah. say like, oh, they had to figure this out, what, this out one
0: of the the crazier things about college football is the how we perceive time that LSU Florida State game really didn't get talked about at all getting talked and Texas out Al- Texas, Alabama, oh, different team. That was a different team back then. Well, when else are you going to play these non-conference games? Because you have all the conference games.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you can.
0: And and if you go back two weeks, uh, Roadmaker didn't look look great against Florida. That same day, Alabama needed a fourth and 31 broken play to beat a bad Auburn team. But nobody talks about that. It's so selective what's chosen to talk about and what's weighed. It really is – it really is incredible, but I think I, I do think that Alabama is one of the four best teams. And I think that they have a very good chance to win
1: the national championship. Yeah. And I think, I think if they just were honest and just said like, yeah, we, we take all the conference champs and then around of the conference champs, we try and be, pick the best for it. That's fine. But everyone, it's so funny that everyone gets so worked up about it too. And like the reason I like talking about it is it's, it's fun to just be like, whatever, like college football is it's, it's not life or death, you know, but it's fun to like pick apart these arguments that the committee tries to present because it's stupid and they think we're stupid at the end of the day. Everyone who's like, Oh, like, like I said, to begin this, if it's really the best four it should be Michigan, Michigan, uh, Alabama, Ohio state and Georgia. Well, the bottom line is, two of those teams played each other and the other two played each other and both teams that won made it and the teams that didn't, didn't, which is fair. I think fair. that's part
0: of it too. I think those yeah. games were there. They were de facto. Yeah.
1: They're games. elimination games.
0: So it's not years... Alabama win that game and knock it in. would be it'd, be, it'd be, it'd be like, Oh, like how do you keep the team that's undefeated for three years out? where the only team that beat them only is one loss?
1: It's because the other team, because in this scenario, there was one spot for a one loss team. So if you if you truly work on principles it would be simple flow chart. Georgia, best team in the country. Well they lost to Alabama. Okay, then we got to put Alabama in. But wait, Alabama lost to Texas. Okay, who did Texas lose to? Oklahoma. Okay, Oklahoma is worse, but they kind of removes Oklahoma. That's why when I remember when I was a freshman Ohio State lost to Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield. And that was at the time where You know, back then, I felt like you had a lot more one-loss conference chance being left out. So, obviously, Ohio State ended up losing to Iowa, but and the Big Ten didn't get a team in that year. But the idea was kind of, okay, now we either lead Oklahoma to go undefeated, so it's not a head-to-head conversation, or we need them to lose two games, so they're no longer a part of it. So, that's kind of what happened with Texas losing to Oklahoma, and then that would be the reason but Jordan Travis gets hurt. It lets you get them in. It would have been interesting to see what they would have done. If Travis doesn't get hurt, I bet they would have left Texas out because I think they would have had Texas was one spot ahead. Texas beat Oklahoma state, Alabama beat Georgia. That's probably yeah, uh, enough.
0: But the way that I think that they would have flipped and then you don't think they would have flipped them. Why wouldn't they flip them now? Then why wouldn't they have Texas at four and Alabama at three?
1: Uh, because Texas beat Alabama.
0: So why wouldn't that would be different if they were sitting at 4-5. or Yes,
1: five? 100%. The only reason Texas is in is cuz they beat Bama. Te- if Texas beat if Texas beat Georgia or no, that's a bad example. Uh if Texas beat Washington, uh, no cuz they wanted to defeated. Whatever like the next highest team is, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. if they, if they beat Ohio State, if they beat yeah. the 7th best team in the country in the playoff or in the sorry, in the regular season, they wouldn't have been in. The only reason they got to get in was because they had to let Alabama in and they couldn't deal with the discord of, well, do the games not matter? Because they were able to say with Florida State, it's still the games don't matter, but you're able to say, listen, we can't put a team in that's going to be 18 and a half point underdogs.
0: Yeah, and and I don't really think that there's anybody who thinks that Florida State without Jordan Travis had a chance to win a national championship. At least anyone who's seen them like – it's just, it it was unrealistic to have that expectation. And I wonder if in that committee room, TCU got brought up because they obviously got in last year and a lot of people bring them up. They did win a game. So it's yeah, to they say that beat they Michigan, but they needed two goal line stands, two pick sixes, and they still almost lost. Like everything went right. And then you get to the That should be the exi-
1: Yeah. Sorry and, go, sorry. and you get,
0: and you get blown out. So I, it's crazy because they did win a game, but I wonder if that gets brought up. Where it's like, are we really gonna? Are we gonna? We're looking down the barrel of another lopsided. Either I think Florida State maybe could even compete against Michigan because the they defense 100% is so good. Could, and then yeah, if they get they're in, they're the they same team. They're have the they same got team. killed. I think they would have got killed. Like then they probably get get caught by like Washington or Texas, and they're like, we don't want that to happen again. I wonder how much of it was that, if any. They say that they don't look at past years, but Alabama beating a team that has a back-to-back national champs—that certainly means something.
1: So it, but but this is the thing. Why should? And again, I'm 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 more playing devil's advocate because yeah, yeah, yeah. once again, given the selection, because Ohio State and Georgia were eliminated. That's yeah. I agree with that. That should yeah, be they, how it they, works. You lost they, they your big a chance. game. Yeah, they had a chance. Yes, Florida State had did a not chance, have chance. chance. Florida State didn't have a chance. They had five teams. They picked the five teams that power ratings, whatever you want to call it in that group of five, the four best teams. Now that Jordan Travis was hurt made the playoff. And at the end of the day, that's the best for the viewers, but it's just more of the the whole point of the argument and the discourse and all that is Florida state never got a chance. Yeah. It just, it sucks for them because if Texas and Alabama don't play Florida state's in, it has nothing to do with the injury. Uh The funniest part is, We say like TCU won a game last year and we say, oh, well, there was two pick sixes and there was two on stage. And the whole point of that is, yeah, but that's why you play the game because Washington played Oregon on Friday night and Washington beat Oregon earlier in the year, but they made them play them again, which if you're Washington, if I'm a Washington fan, I'm fucking pissed because I'm like, we already got rid of these guys. Why do we have to play them twice? They go into the game. They're 10 point underdogs. Washington beats them again. Alabama plays Georgia. Alabama's five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Alabama should have lost to Auburn. They go into the Georgia Dome or the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, whatever, not Superdome, just the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, whatever it's called, and they beat Georgia in Georgia. The reason that the the sports are great is because you have to play the games and you have to give a team. like If if power ratings are what determines everything, then Oregon and Ohio State are in the Final Four right now because Ohio State is – the, you know, number one in the FPI, Ohio state lost to Michigan. They're eliminated. That was your game to win. You didn't win it. See you next year. Georgia played Alabama, Kirby smart. Fuck off. You lost. You won 29 or 0. You lost. You're saying, Oh, it's the four best. Guess what, man? You fucking lost. If you wanted to be the best win on the field. And that would be Florida state's argument is sure. Our quarterbacks worse than what it played with. But last Saturday night, they play with their third string guy. They would have their backup back. They would have 30 days to prep. And they would be playing Michigan. who Michigan's a great team. They beat Ohio State. But the superpower, talent, unequated team, which is the top three of Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama every year, they all talent composite, always in the top. They would be not in this playoff. So if you wanted to give a team like Florida State a chance – to see if they can overcome the quarterback injury, which is a part of sports. This was the year to do it, which sucks for them because maybe with Jordan Travis, they could have won a national title, but now they don't even get the opportunity to see themselves fail because there's the it's, it's like I wrote about in the blog. There is no rules. It's just because I said, so it's like, Oh, like Colin, you have to, you have to do X, Y, Z. Why? That doesn't make sense. Oh, because, because I said, so it's like being an eight year old again, like, like, They don't they know that you can't fight back. So they have all the power and they don't need to give you an explanation because there's nothing that you you can do about it, which is the thing that sucks for just Mm -hmm. fans in general.
0: But sometimes the parents know know better than the eight year old.
1: That's fair. And when we
0: kick off when it's January first and we kick off, I don't think anyone's gonna be saying, Man, I wish it was Florida State outside of outside of Michigan and Florida State. Um but if if Alabama wins at all, I don't, I don't know if people will feel like the committee will feel vindicated that they made the right choice, or people will say why even play the regular season. And uh, it's going to be if Alabama loses, and if they lose, I don't think they'll lose badly because I don't think Michigan is like capable of blowing somebody. They could suffocate them. I don't think they'll blow anyone out. But if they lose like twenty one to three, then people are going to be like, oh, then it's going to get even. Worse for the committee and even more backlash, but
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say. If the committee is rooting for Alabama, yeah, because then then it's, yeah, yeah, it's proof of concept where you don't go process-based, you go results-based and you say, but I will say Alabama, obviously we praise Saban. He's the best coach of all time, probably across all major, you know, sports or whatever, but no one has benefited more from getting second chances that are not entirely you know cut and dry like you like last year ohio state gets a second chance right they're the the argument against ohio state last year was put a two loss usc in because ohio state didn't have to play an extra game but usc had to when the counterpoint to that is USC played the same team twice and lost both times. Ohio state was not given the chance to play the same team twice, you know? So that, that there was not a fourth team last year. So Ohio state got to play again because they lost to the number two team in the country. Alabama won a national championship against an LSU team that had already beaten them that year. Alabama won a national championship after not winning the sec because Auburn beat them and then Auburn lost to Georgia. So somehow Georgia and Alabama get in Alabama wins this time. It's Alabama wins a national title because Texas beat them. So they couldn't leave Texas out. So they decided to leave an undefeated team out. So Alabama could go in because Alabama won the sec. It's almost like the, the nature of the sport being four teams is created to make it so that the talent equate, the, the equation of talent being so lopsided matters less because if you trip up at any moment with 18 to 22-year-olds, which is now somehow like 18 to 27-year-olds, you get to a point where you lose. You have one bad Saturday. You play Auburn and you don't get a fourth and 31. You're done. You need a lot of help. Alabama has somehow, based on reputation and circular references, gotten to the point where they do mess up but then they get the second chance and then they don't blow it. So that's that's three or four national titles where they have not been the best team every single Saturday, but they've been given the chance to do it again. So that is one thing that I think needs to be considered.
0: Yeah. This is so I'm thinking like NCAA basketball, the the chaos of that tournament, the best team doesn't always win. Baseball, it's hard to win in the playoffs. The best team doesn't always win. It's who's hot at the right time. Football and the NFL can sometimes feel that way. Is college football the sport where we get, where the national champion is really the best team most of the time? Because we get, you're allowed to slip up. So in, in a weird, fucked up way, it almost is the, it really does crown who truly is the best team. Although I think, that a champion should be determined by like who is the most deserving and who earns it on the field, but it almost seems like the best team wins the most in college football because the better teams get the benefit of the doubt. Where in other yeah, and the reason
1: the reason that happens though is largely because the gap between the top three to four to five teams and everyone else is so large that if you have at least two of those teams involved then you almost guarantee yourself that when you look at it, you're going to say the best team won that year because they typically will play one of the other teams. That's talent. Somebody like perfect example, Georgia plays Ohio state last year, Ohio state, you know, the stallions thing, let's say Ohio state, let's, let's say Michigan won because that helped a lot more than even we could imagine. If Ohio state was undefeated last year against Georgia in the national championship, we would be saying, like, this is one of the greatest national titles of all time. Like, two undefeated juggernauts going all across, like, you know, we have a potential number one overall pick in CJ Stroud. We have the Georgia defense that's dominant, whatever, whatever. We would be like, oh, the best team, no matter who wins that game, the best team won the national title this year. If Ohio State wins last year, wins the national title, that field goal goes in. People are probably saying, like, oh, they needed a second chance. They didn't have to play Michigan again they you know they shouldn't have been in whatever but since the talent is so condensed in one spot if one of those three teams wins you pretty much convince yourself okay they were the best team the whole time whereas you get in the ncaa tournament like talent's more evenly dispersed in every other sport whether it be because of college basketball it's just there's not enough roster spots like if you pick up a high school kid when he's 18 and he sucks that's one eighth of your roster because the rest of it's probably walk-ons and bench guys it's hard to overcome that whereas in college football like you can pick up a five-star quarterback and he's a dud and you got two other dudes on the roster who are top 100 who can fill his spot so i think that's the reason why we always get the best champions but i don't know that's i think that's more more so for that reason than others
0: yeah um so should we do some picks and then move on? Who who we like? I'm um, obviously I can start. I'm um, all over the tide, left, right, and center. I think that they're going to beat Michigan. They're getting two and a half. I would have thought that they would be favored. Um, so I think we're on a crash course for a Texas Alabama rematch. Washington, they've been doubted all year. They just keep winning. Um, but I mean the storybook, the way the season shaped out. We're gonna get the rematch, and I can't imagine Saban loses twice to to Texas and to Sark. Um, so I'm gonna take Texas to lose Alabama over Texas in the in the final. Um, but I'll be rooting for like if Washington wins, like great for them. I'm rooting for them uh, unless they play Alabama. Like, but I think it's probably gonna be Alabama over Texas in the national championship game
1: yeah, so I was right with you when the when the everything came out, I was like, all right, Alabama got a second chance. If you give Alabama a second chance, they're gonna win. The only person I've seen or heard say Michigan's gonna win this game has been Michigan fans, specifically Dave Portnoy, who again, I don't even yeah. think like his college football tanks do not deserve an ounce of your time. Um, it's kind of making me, but the power ratings, the numbers put them as a two and a half. It's down to one and a half now because Bama's taking so much money, but it's, it's given them two and a half points on initial line. Everyone's obsessing over the fact that they looked upset when they saw Bama come up. Like, yeah, no shit. You want to see Florida state? That's like a buy game.
0: You it's know, also like, I, you're not I think,
1: scared of Bama. It's just yeah, the worst of two options. I think part of that also is there. They're
0: probably shocked that Florida State got left out. Yeah. Part of that isn't like, oh, like Bama. They're like, holy shit. Like, yeah, because they know it more than us about what it takes to go undefeated and win your conference and to see a team not get rewarded for that. They're probably like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. And they were, I'm sure they were expecting, hey, we got the one seed. We get the easiest game. Like. And now they get Bama and it's kind of like, well, fuck, that's probably the last team you wanted to play. But yeah, I, I think based on everything, and again, I'll we'll we'll have better picks in three weeks, but I think Michigan's gonna win. And then the Washington, Texas one's so interesting to me because Washington doesn't get enough credit for like at, like and myself included, kept saying, like they remind me of like TCU last year because they keep winning these close games against teams that are like there's nothing to prove to me that those teams are better, and they weren't like squishing teams the way even Oregon was down the stretch. But Washington has a top fifteen pick at receiver in Roma Dunze, a guy who's going to get drafted in probably the first three rounds. And Michael Penix, at QB, he's not a first rounder like people he's say. A Heisman he's Heisman finalist. Exactly, Heisman finalist. They have an offensive lineman that's going to go in the first round, and the rest of the offensive line solid. They have another top three round, top one hundred pick wide receiver. Nate Tice had their number three receiver Polk or whatever. He had him going in the first round. Like they're they're a legit offense. And I was watching Texas against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State looked fucking horrible, and we talked about how bad they are for to be in that game early, earlier in the pod. But Texas leaves some people open. Texas D line is sick, but it seems and and Texas they lost the running back. They lost Xavier Worthy. They still have Ad Mitchell. They still have their tight end, but like Washington's defense isn't great. Washington's defense was able to beat Oregon twice. I, I think Washington's going to win that game, and unfortunately, I I don't. I would rather Texas win, and I'd rather Alabama win because I think both those teams. Like I think Texas can beat Michigan. I think Alabama can beat Michigan. I don't know if Pennix can beat Michigan. But I think Washington might win the national championship. And like, and that would be your fairy tale. That would be your Pac-12 team. Not only were they a Pac-12 team, like Michigan people keep saying, like, everyone thought we were gonna get a ban, everyone thought we were gonna lose to Penn State, everyone thought we were gonna lose to Ohio State, everyone thinks we're gonna lose to Alabama. They've been favored in every single one of those games. Washington's a 10-point underdog. They're a two-point underdog against Oregon State on the road. Like they people thought they were gonna fall apart. I I think they're kind of like TCU last year. If TCU had like Real legitimate NFL talent. I know Quentin Jefferson or Quentin Johnson, whatever his name is, went in the first round. That guy sucks. Roma Dunze is three times the player that guy is. Like, I think this, I think that I, I, something about it, I think they have a shot.
0: That would be, I mean, this is the year where it feels like there's the tightest uh level between the top and the bottom of the teams in the playoff. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if any of them win. I mean, the shortest, the longest odds are Washington. I think probably five and a half to one around there. Um, I'm sure there's been a lot of movement and money coming in in the past day and a half, but TCU last year would have been far longer than five to one. I don't quite remember what they were. They might've been five to one just to beat Michigan, let alone then having to beat Georgia. But
1: yeah, I think they were six point or nine point underdogs to Michigan. Maybe, maybe it was 10 and then then they
0: were getting 14 in, uh, against Georgia. So Mm -hmm. this is the year for a team to win it. I mean, what a way for the pac 12 to go out. Uh, they are kind of probably kicking themselves a little bit like shit. Like we you kinda know, had something going here and now it's uh-huh. now it's dead. Um well now
1: it's two Big Ten, two SEC in the playoff. just like we thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and uh yeah, if Washington wins, it's a championship for the Big Ten. So uh-huh. that'd be good. So I got so I have Bama over Texas and you have uh Washington over Michigan. So uh-huh. we got all the bases covered there. Um I mean, yeah, we'll have a couple. I'm sure more stuff's going to come out. The Bulls came out. I predicted all the Bull games. I didn't get any of them fully correct.
1: Yeah, did you, like, put in, like, the tie-ins and stuff? Like, yeah, did you consider Yeah, yeah,
0: I was close. I I was in a Twitter space doing that to, like I, – I tweeted out at, five, I think, 5.15 on Sunday morning. I was in deep. It was, like, the greatest – watching after the Alabama win, just listening to people talk and argue and debate before it came out was incredible. But – I was clo- What screwed me was the, the Sun Belt doesn't have many ties, and they got 12 teams in, so they were like filling holes at the end. So it's like you're just shooting darts at that point because they got six teams who were six and six, and I was a Sun Belt team off in like four different bowl games. I just picked the wrong – I picked mm-hmm. Old Dominion instead of Western Kentucky versus Coastal Carolina. Um and I assumed that Alabama would be out and Florida State would be in. Because if not, I would have had Ole Miss, Penn State, and all that other stuff. But
1: Yeah, wait, who, who's Penn State playing? What game? Penn State plays Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. Oh, that's fun. So yeah, Ohio State has Missouri. Yeah. But...
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. Penn State has the uh, the opportunity to become the first team to win all New Year's Six Bowls.
1: So, oh, that's such a Penn State thing to have. <laughs> yeah,
0: because yeah, because with the playoff rotating, there's less conference ties, and we're always in in the New Year's Six bowls and never in the playoff. So, I mean, mm. what they won the Rose Bowl last year, they won the Fiesta Bowl in 2018. They will Levis, Levis won Bowl some in 2019.
1: Yeah, Will Levis beat Memphis one year. I remember yeah, that
0: that was the Cotton Bowl. That was with uh, yeah, that was against uh, who's on that Memphis team.
1: That was Tony Pollard, I believe.
0: It was, yeah, I was going to say there was an NFL running back on that team.
1: And Gibson. Um, I think that was like the weird room that had like, they ended up having like multiple. Yeah,
0: I was thinking, yeah. But so, I mean, I've, since I started, since I've been a student, they've won the Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. Um, They won the Orange Bowl National Championship game in the 80s against.
1: Ah, yeah, that was the, that, well, who was, their, who was their defensive coordinator then?
0: I wasn't alive, but I know that. Shout out, shout out, touchdown Tommy, my friend Tim. Uh, his dad was on the team in '86. So, shout oh, out, nice. touchdown Tommy, national champion. But, uh, well, yeah, speaking so of these
1: cool. Bulls game, Bull games, there is going to be something different about the Ohio State team on uh, on December 29th when they play Missouri.
0: Yeah, they're not going to have a uh, quarterback. They've been hit pretty hard by the portal. It seems already 12, 11 or 12 guys, and only two days after the season's over, people are saying that maybe it's. Bad culture, bad coaching. I'm not. That's just what I'm hearing. That's what the tea leaves are telling me. But um, you're more in touch there. What's why? Why are all these people? Are they fleeing?
1: So well, it's like anything. When you start stacking numbers up, you can be like, "Oh, thirteen guys left Ohio State." It's like, "Oh my God, let me look at the 13. And it's like, eleven of them have zero career starts. One of them was like, uh, one of the safeties he was the first guy to lose his black stripe, which is like an urban Meyer thing where that's when you become a member of the team. So if you're a transfer or a freshman, you're not on the team till you lose your black stripe. Um, so he was kind of a, he was a safety that a lot of people thought was like, you know, next, but he got passed by like three other dudes. So the one that matters though, is Kyle McCord in the portal. A lot of Ohio state fans are like rejoicing about it on social media, which I think is a little rude. Like you, have, you still have to realize like these guys are kids. Like you, you can, you can say to you that he is not at the level of player that Ohio state needs at the quarterback position while also not saying like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. He's gone. Like best thing to happen in the program. Like get rid of it. Good riddance. Like you'll never be a starter anywhere. Like have fun being a quarterback in the Mac, it's like, okay, there's like a fine line where you can be like, yeah, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the answer here, but hope the best for the kid, like hope he's okay. You know, but supposedly uh, his people came to Ryan day. This is all tea leaves and message boards or whatever. And said like, we need a guarantee that we're going to be the starter in the bowl game and going forward next year. Ryan day said he couldn't give that guarantee after what happened this season. Kyle McCord pretty much faced with the decision, come here, stay here, compete. Risk losing the spring of your fourth year, risk losing the fall or go somewhere, get yourself a guaranteed job. Maybe make some NIL money. He leaves. I honestly think this is the best thing. This this makes me more confident about Ryan Day than I was a couple weeks ago. Because it seems like he's finally starting to have the adult conversations of we can't just be giving jobs out. We need to play the best 22 guys.
0: Yeah, and in the in the age of the transfer portal, which is probably part of the reason why he left, because they can just bring somebody in to compete. Um People talking about like a Cam Moore type guy who would seemingly pretty easily beat out Kyle McCord. And after coming up short yeah, it was one season for Kyle McCord, but for Ryan Day, it's four seasons. So, Ryan, maybe, maybe in, an, in another life, Kyle McCord's here four years ago, and that's the first time Ohio State loses to Michigan. It's like, all right, we were close. We beat them every year. They got lucky at home. Let's run it back. But at this point, like he doesn't have that luxury, and it's just kind of. Circumstantial, and he's going to be able to find another home somewhere. Starting and Ohio State's gonna have no problem bringing in a guy at his caliber or better, at least on a recruiting basis. Who knows the full? They could easily bring in Cam Ward and go nine and three with the new schedule and the new Big Ten, and miss the twelve team playoff. Like that's not impossible. It's unlikely, but you finish the season seven, and a uh touchdown drive away you get an extra two minutes at the end of the game maybe you're in the playoff and this conversation isn't even happening so you're pretty close with them and you're looking to get over the edge but I, I you can't really blame either side for how it's handled and you can't really blame a kid for not wanting to stay and compete when it seems like more than likely your coach is going to be out shopping for your replacement while you're there so and to see how he's been treated by some of the people online like then you really can't blame. It's like, all right, these these guys have no no like just disrespectful. Every college football fan base. It's not Ohio yeah. State specific. It's it's you lose one game and it's like this kid's a, like a shithead and doesn't know how to do anything. When it's like, what the fuck have you ever done?
1: So yeah, it, yeah. It, the it, people it, are saying like it's the, a run out of
0: town culture and in, in yeah.
1: Football now. People are saying like, oh, he got run out of town. Like, no, he left because listen if you're a quarterback, CJ Stroud took criticism. If you're a quarterback, you're guaranteed the starting job at Ohio state. And you're going to be a first round pick next year. You don't leave because people are mean to you online. Now, if people are mean to you online and your coach is telling you, your job isn't guaranteed. You can come back here and compete. That's not our standard. Then you leave and you go get a job that, you know, may help you get to the NFL. Like what if he goes to Rutgers and he has two really good years and he's a third round pick and he's, you know, a backup quarterback in the NFL for 10 years, you know, like if he lost his job at Ohio state, maybe that doesn't happen. So you got to think about the long-term future, but I think Ohio state answers wise, this is, this is interesting because typically the teams you see taking quarterbacks out of the transfer portal are not the ones that have quarterback pipelines built up in recruiting like Notre Dame, for example, they took Sam Hartman last year. Everyone's saying they're going to get Riley Leonard this year. Now they have, they got Lloyd Carr, former Michigan coach. They got his grandson who's a five-star freshman coming in this year. So like, it seems like they're trying to bridge their way to him. But a lot of these, these teams, they just go portal, portal, portal every single year to get guys. And that's something like we've seen at LSU. Like they went to the portal after Burrow left. It was kind of a failure. Then they went back, got Jaden Daniels. He's going to win the Heisman. They'll probably go back to the portal again. Like That's the type of thing you see. Ohio State has not done that. They got Justin Fields in a very rare circumstance when they were changing coaches and offensive philosophies and when he was just not given the opportunity to beat out Jake Fromm. So that was a rare one, but he was there for two years, so it wasn't like a portal and done. I wouldn't be entirely shocked if they didn't get anyone. Like, I shouldn't say it like that. I would be surprised. But if this was the answer was Lincoln Keenholz, Aaron Noland and Devin Brown are going to compete for the job and they've seen something in one of either the two guys that have been on campus for this whole season or Aaron Noland, who's going to be here in the spring as a true freshman, if there's something they see in those guys that made it so they didn't want to guarantee Kyle McCord a job, I could see that. But. I could also see them getting a one-year guy out of the portal, but I don't see them going after a two, three-year option. Like the – sorry, the people that uh, have been linking that guy from uh, UCLA, Dante Moore, he's from Michigan, to them. I'd be pretty surprised on that because if you take a guy who was a true freshman this season, he, he has two years before he can leave. He has three years total. Devin Brown's going to leave. Lincoln Keenholz is probably going to leave. Aaron Noland is probably going to decommit because then they're blocked. They can't play until at least their third year for Devin Brown, his fourth year, fifth year, maybe. So that would be very interesting. But as of right now, I don't think it's it's really as big of a deal as everyone thinks. I think it's a big deal in the way of Ohio State's going to get another quarterback. This is Ryan Day's first quote unquote quarterback failure, And it was his only one that he had handpicked from the start. Like CJ Stroud was a last minute signing. Uh, Justin Fields was a portal guy. Dwayne Haskins was already there when he got there. McCord was his first handpicked as a sophomore in high school. He picked him over JJ McCarthy. He sat for two years. He started a whole season. Now he's gone. So if if I'm Ohio State's athletic director, I'm saying to myself, this guy's supposed to be a quarterback guru. If he goes 0 for two on his first true true quarterbacks that he picked, developed, and like started from square one with, why is he even here? And then I think then I think he's gone. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens.
0: Yeah. Um Penn State, not as much action in the portal, but uh no action on any of the playoff teams yet. But I think one of the most interesting quarterback rooms is Texas with Ewers potentially coming back and the most highly anticipated recruit for many reasons. Arch Manning behind him, along with Malik Murphy, who stepped in and did a great job this year. Mm -hmm. Malik Murphy almost certainly is gone because he has no path to play. He could have played, like, Patrick Mahomes and not been given a fair shake with Arch Manning behind him with all the money he's going to bring in and all the hype and the Manning last name. But if yours is back, do you think Manning is going to stay? Do you think... There's any chance he leaves? Do you think that there's Sark is like, yo, Quinn, now this now's your best chance to get drafted? Like, how does that shake out? Obviously they're focused on on the playoff, but after there's gonna be some difficult problems, some good problems, but difficult conversations to have for Texas.
1: So I think there's a bunch of things underneath the surface here that are pretty interesting. First things first, if Quinn years blows up the playoff and they win the national title and he plays, you know, he's thrown for 304 touchdowns every game, he's probably leaving. he's probably going in the first round because someone's going to convince themselves of what people did when he was coming out of high school, of what people did after his, you know, summer camp, essentially at Ohio state, his, his, uh, as the Ohio state beat writers call it, his year at Columbus high school, um, and what people will probably end up convincing themselves when he eventually goes to the NFL is he's got an incredible arm and he has a million other issues that he has to fix, you know, just footwork wise, the way he releases the ball I've heard is an issue. I don't know nearly enough about playing quarterback to say that, but he has a ton of talent. And if he shows it on the biggest stage, I guarantee you someone will take a chance on him in the first 50 picks. And then there would be no issue, but One thing about yours is if he comes back and they want to play Arch, he already used his one-time transfer, so he'd have to graduate. But he's only played – he's only been in college for – he got to Ohio State late. So I'd imagine it's it'd be hard for him to graduate in three years considering that he would have to finish up. Usually the guys you see who graduate early – you know, they do like, they, they get it in the spring. So they get, you know, a whole semester yeah. of classes ahead of them. Like I would be surprised if he's on pace to graduate in time to go somewhere else for spring practice. Cause that would be graduating college in two and a half years.
0: But but you think if he comes back and Arches there, that it's Arch's shop to lose, even if they, well, what I'm it? saying
1: is there's with the portal intact, there is no such thing anymore as quarterback competitions with an incumbent starter, because for example, last year, McCord, Devin Brown at Ohio State, those are two guys who, if they go in the portal, their options are not nearly as good as playing quarterback at Ohio State. If you're Quinn Yours and you come back, Arch Manning, if he is even a chance of unseating you, you're not staying at Texas because then you're you're risking that you sit for an entire year. You have to get out of there because you got to keep starting. And then if you're Arch Manning – your decision becomes, do I stay and sit another year or do I go start right away? Cause you don't have to sit anymore. Like at least when you used to have to transfer, it was like, all right, am I going to be in a better spot two years from now, if I leave or if I stay. And then the last piece is Arch Manning, like how much of him and his hype is his name? Because I know there was a lot of reports coming out that he, he, he had a long way to go. I know he didn't play at the highest level of competition. Like what if a second year on the bench isn't the worst thing from him? Like he, he comes from a family of football guys who wouldn't, you know, he doesn't need to go grab $2 million out of the portal. Like financially, they're pretty set. He doesn't need to worry about, oh, am I in the wrong spot? Like development wise, because like, you know, I think Peyton and Eli can pretty much tell him like, yeah, don't, don't go jump and run and go play for Texas A&M or don't go do this. Like, I think he's in a unique spot where if Quinn came back and he stayed, I think he would be fine.
0: I kind of agree with you. I, I was laughing because you're, you're saying I'm pretty sure the Mannings are in a decent financial situation, which <laughs> I, think, I think is pretty safe. It's pretty safe. To well,
1: see. I don't know what Cooper, I don't know what, I think his dad, I have no idea what he does, but I'd say they're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I think that because when they went to school and the advice that he's getting are going to be from people who have been in the business and understand what football is. It's different than a different kid whose, whose parents are probably like, if you want to go and play, like that's your decision, go make it where he probably has a little more guidance. And it's like Sark is an incredible play caller. You've seen what Mm -hmm. you've been able to do with yours. And if you wait another year and you play well. If you if he sits for two years, plays one year, plays great, he's still in the NFL at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, Trubisky so, and Haskins and all those guys did so one. So what, what are you
0: what are you going to do? You're, you're going to jump ship. Where would you go? And how would that end up? And it actually, I think, could be a setback, especially if you're not like a polished product, mm-hmm. and you got to go somewhere where it's like you're getting thrown in right away, maybe it's a, a shorter leash, just because. You like it would just be a lot. And so I do kind of think that he would stay, but I think Malik Murphy is definitely going to get an opportunity to start somewhere and he'll be on the portal right when the season ends. He'll be in the portal. I think he's been, from what I've heard the coaches and people say about him, he seems like an incredible guy and an incredible commitment to the program. But at some point when you got a guy older than you starting and a guy younger than you, who's the highest, biggest name, at the biggest school and the highest recruit that we've maybe ever seen hype-wise, you almost have to leave it for yourself. You can only be a team player for so long when you have the opportunity to play. So I think he's going to be a name that could, that could make some noise and potentially elevate a team to the next level. Uh, so that's going to be interesting too.
1: Yeah. I mean, the portal stuff is, I mean, it's, the sports changed so much, like, you know, be- these guys who are leaving at Ohio state, you know, you never know, like maybe they'll go transfer to somewhere else. That's a little with a clear path to playing. They'll blow it up and then they'll go be first round picks. But I mean, I remember even, even like when we were in school, like there would be guys at Ohio state. They're like top 50 recruits. They would sit for two years. They would get their chance, their third or fourth year. They'd blow it up. And then they'd go be a top hundred pick. Like Marshawn Lattimore, It was largely due to injury, too, but like he didn't play until he was a junior. Malik Hooker, probably the best safety I've ever seen in college football in my life. He didn't touch the field until he was a third year player. Like I feel like every now it's so easy for people to get out. And I don't know, like the I think we're going to start to see an exodus of college football coaches to the NFL, like the top minds, at least, because you're not only recruiting high school kids anymore you're constantly having to recruit your own roster like back in the day if you looked at Kyle McCord and said you have to earn your job next year we lost three straight games to Michigan you threw two interceptions like you were you were not everything we expected you to be down the stretch and like with a better quarterback we win that game in that situation a lot of times the quarterback says yeah I'm gonna come back for spring I'm gonna be ready and like because no matter what I have to sit out next year if I transfer so then like you know, if, if we're going into, if we're leaving spring practice and it's not my job, then I'll transfer. I'll go sit and I'll play, but I need to compete nowadays. It's, it's not my job. Well, I can go get $2 million in the portal and go play somewhere else where it is my job. And they have to guarantee me my spot. Like it is crazy. And I feel like I sound like old man, get off my lawn or old man yelling at cloud. But like, it is nuts that like, imagine being a coach right now. Like if you tell a kid, like, you're not fucking good enough to be at this program to kind of like get them going the next, next thing, you know, they could go be, you know, racking up 11 sacks at the at Texas A&M.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. I was also looking at Jordan Travis. Cause I was like, if he comes back next year, um, I'm going to like put a hefty future on them to start the season revenge tour, but he's in a sixth season. So I don't yeah, he's, if he
1: comes back, then I need to go back to college too, because yeah. maybe I saw some knowledge. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, we're going to go Florida. I'm already, I'll put in my Florida state ticket for next year. And the year after that, Texas, if arch stays and Ewers stays, because that's program equity. We, we know how important that is. Yeah. Um, I would like to see, I, I it was really interesting. When Mike talked about it with basketball, I wonder how that equates to football because I'm sure they're, it almost seems like basketball is more. The more you play with guys, helps maybe a little more than football. I never played football at like the high school level, so I feel like it's probably easier to plug in a defensive tackle and put them next, put him on the opposite another good defensive tackle than it is to have a good two like a point guard shooting guard who are gonna. It's so much more involved, but I bet you the teams that are are better, especially in in those uh, group of five conferences, are are not building through the portal.
1: Yeah, I would say in football, I think the difference between basketball and football is basketball, you have so many, you have such fewer spots that you're not going to recruit a five man class every single year of high school guys. So like you're pulling in portal guys to fill in gaps and guys are leaving. And whereas I think where you would see the program equity fill out in college football is teams like Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, they're bringing in 20 person classes of you know, with 18 guys in the top 100 or top 150 every year. And that's building on depth, on depth, on depth. And then you can afford, you know, if you have five five stars in each class, if, you know, if 30% of them, 40% of them suck, you have the the next one who can fill in. Whereas if you're a team like a Florida state and you're pulling portal guys and like you don't have like the best in-house replacements, if Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are going for a Hail Mary and run into each other. Their next receiver might be like some, you know, bottom close to the end of the three hundreds receiver who isn't ever going to get drafted. Whereas Ohio state, you know, we saw a Mecca Buka get hurt and Carnell Tate, a five-star freshman comes in and kind of, you know, doesn't miss a beat per se. Like obviously Emeka's a Mecca is a better player at this moment, but, he just backfills right in, and you, you would never notice that they're missing a five-star, number one receiver potential first-round pick. So I think that's where you would see that program equity.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: we'll get into the bowls
0: later. I think that's that was a lot of college football. Obviously, the biggest college football day that we've had in recent memory, the biggest decision we've ever seen be made. But uh, Florida State doesn't get an opportunity. What was the season for? Who knows? Um, and then today, Heisman finalists announced and Jordan Travis isn't even a Heisman finalist. So even more to get upset about if you're a Florida State fan.
1: Marvin Harrison was, though. Another yep. another Buckeye.
0: Yep. Uh, got him at 20 to one. I don't think he's going to win it.
1: though. Oh, nope. uh, same here. Nope. Yeah. Not going to happen. Didn't,
0: didn't do enough. I, I think him.
1: the Belindicoff
0: is even going to be tough. I have him at two to one, two and a half to one to win the Belindicoff. I don't think that. That's going to be close. Win that that's going to be yeah. close. I mean, numbers-wise, he's a little bit behind Rome, and uh, I forget who the other finalist is, but...
1: Millie Neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that's crazy, though, is I was listening to a podcast today, and I, I was thinking about it. So if Donovan Jackson, the left guard for Iowa State, doesn't get absolutely destroyed on that last play where McCord throws the pick, because Marv was open. If McCord steps in the throw, Marv catches it, makes a guy miss and scores Ohio State's the one seed McCord's instead of being in the portal he's preparing to start against maybe Alabama who knows Marvin Harrison might be the Heisman because that's his that would be the Heisman moment walk off touchdown at Michigan win the game and then because like Jaden Daniels but
0: like, the, the odds for Daniels are so high, I think that even that wouldn't be enough to overcome because his numbers. But the odds
1: for him just. are so high because there's no like this year. It's like Michael Penix was bad in between those two games, yeah. And you could almost argue Roma Dunze was better. Like Bo Nix had two opportunities to take the award and he couldn't do it. Like Marvin Harrison, like had a great year, but like statistically he wasn't so insane that you have to give it to him. And he never had that Heisman moment. And like Jaden Daniels, like he's on a three loss team. He didn't win. Like, what was their biggest win? I don't know. Like. Missouri. Yeah. Missouri, which. Missouri was driving to potentially win the game when they threw a pick six to cover the spread. Like, I think if Marv had that type of moment, maybe Jaden Daniels doesn't win. But. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's always lame when we get a Heisman because Caleb Williams was the same thing last year. Like, you love a Heisman where it's like, like a Lamar or like a Johnny Manziel, or a Cam Newton where like. They either are, like, so insane. It's, like that magical. Just, yeah. It's, like, they're either must-watch TV or it's, like, a, even Bryce Young, like, he leads that drive against Auburn, Auburn to win. And then he upsets Georgia. Like, I'm trying to think of other guys. Um, I mean, Devontae Smith was just unreal. Joe Burrow, obviously, like, the whole season was a Heisman moment. Um, think of a guy, like. I don't even know anymore. Like Marcus Mariota, like all these guys are like video game guys. And now like the last two have kind of just been like, Oh yeah. Like you had some really good stats and like no one else really took it. So the best four teams, like, like we're going to have a Heisman outside the playoff for two years in a row. Like it's, it's just not the same, which sucks. Cause I think it's like the best quote unquote MVP in sports It's the coolest one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, there was no – yeah, nobody really took it. And, and LSU with three losses, like – and they lost so early that they were never really in the mix. So, mm-hmm. we never really got to see – like, he was never really – Jane Dano was never really in the spotlight for any big-time game. Yeah. Um, the Alabama game was big, but it wasn't – it didn't feel as big as – It was
1: big because they could beat Bama. It wasn't big – like, they were already eliminated.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But – well, speaking of big games – we had a big one on Sunday. I'm gonna give you the floor, Eagles Niners.
0: I mean, congrats that was their super I it was it really did seem like their their Super Bowl. I mean <laughs> scum scumbag team attacking our, our coaches. Uh I mean they got some real characters on that team. They I mean good for Debo for talking shit and backing it up. Uh, but good. They they busted out the playbook. They did everything. We know what we need to improve on. Um, We know what we need to do and still control our own destiny. Um, It's not college football because if it was, Niners would definitely be They'd already be eliminated. Yes. And then if we got to the playoffs, the Niners would, would be the one seed. um, I mean, there's no team in the NFL that could was is going to go play the 49ers bills, chiefs, Cowboys, seahawks cowboys again and run that gauntlet and if the eagles come back and beat the cowboys next week we're fine we're we're still in the driver's seat it'll essentially lock up the division because the rest of the schedule is so bad if they lose it's going to be like a it's going to be like a crazy finish to the season uh but if they win it's like everything's still right in front of them we know what we need to do uh it was a little bit of like it was a weird game because the first quarter the 49ers had like negative five yards, and then the rest of the game they just scored every time they touched it. So, mm-hmm. we uh, I saw something that said Morrow, linebacker, and coverage gave up 175 yards after the catch on missed tackles, so that's never good. Um, and unfortunately, there's not just a pro bowl, all pro caliber linebacker just walking on the streets that we can sign. Away oh, the Eagles signed shaq leonard obviously there's reason he's what, on a team, yes.
1: what's but, the what's the whole deal with this so he got cut right
0: yeah i think Did he, he like cut? asked he asked to be released okay I, but i is don't he just why. not as good anymore i he he's only
1: 28 so it's not like an age thing 28 is pretty old for a linebacker
0: yeah but it's not old enough to be letting guys he's making They had to pay him because no
1: one, no one picked up him off waivers. They owed him a lot of money, so he must not be. Well,
0: I think part of that is when a player gets put on waivers, that's owed a lot of money. If you claim him, you
1: have to pay him. Yeah, if you claim him, you claim
0: the contract. So it's like teams, GMs are probably talking. They're like, "Well, yeah, you can't claim a guy. Yeah, I'm not going to claim him and take the money. So we'll just wait." Um, and then go out and he, cause yeah, I think he, I don't know if he wants to be on a contender, like, cause I didn't follow it that much when he, um, wanted to leave the Colts, cause I was like, okay, like, it doesn't really impact yeah. me. And then it happened today, so I haven't really had time to really dive deep into it. But obviously, if the Eagles are going out and getting him, they see something. Um, there's obviously, there's an obvious whole linebacker for the Eagles, uh, like Nicobe Dean is not panned out to be like the player necessarily that we saw in college. I know that's for like a couple different reasons but that's the hole and honestly for any hole on the roster, that's probably the best hole to have based on guys out there and guys to fill it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does but I don't know if we'll be play against Dallas but we'll be ready
1: soon and it's going to be Hopefully he he's can't, also, hurt. Like, not like he can't he's
0: not going to hurt the defense. He's not going to make yeah. the defense worse.
1: I think one thing that is awesome about Howie Roseman is, and in contrast to one of his disciples, Joe, Joe uh, Douglas with the jets is anytime there's like, he, he is fully recognizing this window. Like yeah yeah, Gardner Minshew was your backup quarterback last year. He was able to, obviously he didn't, he wasn't, you know, like on uh, Jalen Hurts' level, like I initially argued at the beginning of the year, but like that's one of the best backups in football. Okay. He leaves to have like a situation where he's like more likely to get a chance to start some games and he looks great this year. You go ahead and get Marcus Mariota. Like you're making sure that like you have backups everywhere. It's like, all right, our safeties aren't that great. Okay. We're going to trade to Kevin Bard.
0: Yeah.
1: Our linebackers suck against the Niners. Okay, fuck it. We're going to go pay Shaq Leonard. We don't care if he's a little washed. We'll figure it out later. But, like, we're trying. And I think that's the coolest thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if he is washed and not what he was at his peak, he's better. He might be better
1: than Morrow, yeah. He'll
0: be better than Morrow. So, Or if he's the same as Morrow, then you have depth. Yeah. And I'm not worried about, oh, the cap, oh, this, that, the other thing.
1: It's like the windows now. You better win. Yep and the cap um, doesn't exist it's dumb yeah the saints are going to be like
0: 75 million dollars over the cap next year and they are horrible so uh but yeah the cap's not really real um i think it's good if you, if you we know we can beat them we beat them last year and we now we know we can beat the chiefs we just went to arrowhead and beat them uh like they this team is not going to like back down if they play the 49ers again and if they they played First off, 49ers had 10 days off. The, the mini bye playing on Thursday. Eagles played an overtime game against the Bills, an emotional game in the middle of this gauntlet where the defense played the most snaps that an Eagles defense has played in like the last three or four years 97 defensive snaps. So, like, I'm not, I don't want to sit out here and create excuses because they walked into our house and they, took our tv remote and changed the channel mm-hmm. um but i i think that there's opportunity to grow it's early in the season um but we also saw the 49ers lose three games to bad teams i'm not like worried about losing the 49ers it's never they were neither team was going to roll over and die uh so i'm focused on dallas because winning the division is like so important and getting that first round by is so important that we like can't lose sight of that and if you get a buy and home field advantage in the playoffs. I feel pretty confident about their chances of getting back to the Super Bowl. But if they lose and slip up and end up as the five seed, I would not feel. Are
1: okay. you worried about Dallas at all?
0: Uh, like we all, they always. Play. I feel like we've split with them like five years in a row, and whenever we go down there, we seem to lose. Uh, and whenever they come up to Philly, they seem we seem to beat them. So a little bit uh because if they lose then you're tied and the eagles would still control their own destiny because they have an afc loss and the cowboys have that nfc loss to the cardinals so you still control your own destiny but then your backs really against the wall if you lose these last two so it just makes that that bills win that much more important and that chiefs win that much more important because uh then you don't really control your destiny as much but it's all right in front of them. They bounced back from losses before, and maybe they did need to get punched in the mouth a little bit. Like that Jets game was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. They needed to like.
1: I fucking wish the Jets didn't win that game. Now I know, I know. <laughs> the tank is on,
0: baby. Like they, the Eagles. Maybe they, they haven't lost. I mean, thinking back of the losses in the last two years, the Super obviously the Super Bowl. They lost that Jets in that weird game. They lost two games when Hertz was hurt and they lost the game to the Commanders, which was another one where they were like, like Dallas got her, they called, they missed a face mask call where the face mask was so bad that it like hurt, injured him and he fumbled, which ended up losing the game. So it's like, they haven't really had a loss like this effort ever. So I don't think it's the worst thing to happen now. So they maybe don't feel as invincible as they maybe thought that they were. I don't know. I'm trying to spin it into something good, but. We're ten and two, top of the NFC, top of the NFL. Like, I can't be upset.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be worse. Your uh, your coach could bench the best quarterback on your roster in an attempt to blame the season on him, and then he could come back and beg him to start again, and then the quarterback could say no, and then they could say that that was a lie, and then yeah, the Jets are a mess. And I just want I want I want the world aka all 20 however 20 many of our followers to understand that i think this is the coolest thing zach wilson could have done i think robert sala should pack his i never want someone to lose their job but i'm sure he'll find another one and he gets played plenty of money so it's he'll be fine i think robert sala should pack his bags i think joe douglas should help him and then pack his own I think they should clean house. I don't care who the fucking quarterback is going to be next year. Everyone's saying you got to keep everyone because of Rogers. That's fucking horseshit. Rogers is 40 Rogers can Rogers can pick the new coach for all I care, but this dude's a fucking loser. He's a loser. I feel bad for him because the quarterback situation has been bad, but the way he's handled personnel for the last three years has been super weird. And This is just a total coward move that you not only bench a guy, but you make him inactive. So you like this is the second time they've done this. And then you go back to him and be like, oh, no, no, he just needed a break. Like, you're a coward. You are not meant to be a head coach. The whole organization is a bunch of clowns. I'm rooting for the tank draft. Marvin Harrison third overall. Doesn't really fix anything, but him and Garrett Wilson together would be super cool. And like, you know what? Fuck yeah, it. If you're Rodgers
0: with it, who knows? Yeah,
1: who knows? But Aaron, and if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, then you go to tell quarterbacks whether you draft one or you're trying to sign one or whatever. You just tell them like, we have fucking Marvin Harrison and Garrett Wilson. Like, your job will be easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you guys are. Yeah, at least you have Ohio State. At least you're.
1: Yeah, well that 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 worked out really well in the last three years.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean there's people who are who are probably It could be worse. Like, there yeah. there's a lot of people in middle America who probably watch Iowa on Saturdays and the Bears on Sundays and mm-hmm. they're lucky if they see a touchdown over the course of the weekend. Um also in the NFL, I mean the Chiefs look not
1: good. Weird. They look weird.
0: It it yeah, I I've said last week I'd be shocked if, like, any of the teams on the Super Bowl. I'm going to be not shocked. I'm going to be surprised if the Chiefs repeat with this team. Like, they yeah. were wait, It It's almost like this year reminds me of the Super Bowl against the Bucs where I just I'm am waiting for them to come back. I'm waiting for them to put together, waiting, 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 waiting. And it's like all of a sudden the season's over. You're just going to wait until the season's over. Like, uh, they have no weapons. They have nobody to catch the ball. They have nobody to run the ball. And they're making the homes do it all, and, and Kelsey only seems to do anything in Taylor Swift's in the building.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're an interesting team. I I'm really excited for the NFL playoff. Like like we were talking about earlier, this all kind of comes full circle. Like the NFL regular season is great because like the talent's equated, so like anyone can win any game. But then the playoffs, it's going to be super fun this year because like, who's the best team in the AFC right now?
0: Is it the um, Ravens?
1: The Ravens. Yeah, But like the Ravens lost to the Browns, like the, the Browns would have been actually like a huge threat this year, but now they lost their, you know, their quarterback and their running back. So they're kind of done. Um, I'm super interested. Cause it's like the chiefs like kind of have the opportunity to fuck around now, but like, usually when you see these teams that are kind of like fuck around and find out, like they, they eventually just get clipped and like, all the who's gonna clip them
0: though? Like you said, that's the thing be FCA, because you know.
1: like it's like the Ravens would have to do it. I feel like because like the Dolphins, I I just don't believe in the Dolphins. Well, CBS just put out an article. What if the
0: uh NFL playoffs were in the format of the college football playoff committee and the Dolphins? Got oh, that's 12.
1: a good that's a good use of time.
0: The Dolphins got twelve votes and the Chiefs got nine, but
1: the final four would be the 49ers, Eagles, Ravens, and Cowboys. So. I think the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. That's my hot take. That's a bad take. They have not beaten a good team yet, which I realize usually only works for you in college because then you just need to win two games. But something about it, man, like. I Because it's funny because like, so we have the Eagles, right? We have the Chiefs and they've both been in that mode of like kind of uh, skating by like they don't look that good. And then the Niners kick the shit out of them. The Niners have kicked the shit out of all the good teams cuz they killed the cowboys too i just get this weird feeling that like this might be the i think maybe not win the super bowl but this might be the cowboys year like if the cowboys win on sunday they're probably going to get the one seed
0: oh i don't know about that but cuz the eagles would sell the eagles would sell the tiebreaker then there's a chance that they win tomorrow and they end as the 5 even if they went out
1: Okay, so I I didn't do enough math. Well, I know cuz am but... like I'm
0: on the Eagles, like the Eagles last five if the Eagles lose, they would still control their destiny for the division and their last four games would be Seahawks and then Giants Cardinals Giants. So obviously it's the NFL on given Sunday, but the Cowboys I know have to play the Lions still, which like who knows what they are. That's going to be that might be the highest NFL total we have all year. As Giants, as Cowboys, Lions. That one might be almost eclipsing sixty, but
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, what am I? Who am I kidding? The the Cowboys, the Cowboys and Ohio State have become the same team. It's a lot of stars. They, they
0: need to win the uh, division. They need to win the division. Yeah. If they end up as the five Eagles or Cowboys, I think that's probably
1: because then you're
0: in a situation where you probably have to go to San Fran and to your divisional opponent, which is going to be incredibly difficult. So.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, well, we'll eventually. Uh, it's kind of shifting gears, we'll eventually get our uh, full college basketball preview in the coming weeks once we start hitting conference play. But wanted to give a quick shout out. Had boots on ground on Thursday. Watched the Redbirds take down UIC. UIC, who after that loss, still fifty second in the net. So that is a quad one win for your Redbirds and it's a quad one win that clears pretty pretty comfortably top they're 50 52 a top 75 road win is quad one win and then they went home and they beat Murray State um so they'll be on top of the valley tied for first until at least second semester. So shout out to um Mike Maz, Tyler Hicks, Andrew Dockett, Jack Betts, Ryan Peden, and the crew. Uh, and Coach Judd. But uh so wanted to wanted to get that out there. And then another update. Cooler Talk Sports is now officially on Apple Podcasts.
0: That's exciting. Um I don't know if this is a place to announce it because if you're listening on Apple, you already know. And if you're listening on Spotify, you probably don't have Apple, but we're gonna push it. It is exciting. Yep. So if you're listening on if you're listening on Apple, uh send it send a screenshot and, and we'll give a little shout out on the Instagram. The first apple listener maybe but yeah yeah it's exciting and if you're hearing...
1: listening on spotify do that too and we'll just acknowledge Yeah, go, you well.
0: go like and subscribe on on spotify and amazon leave five stars um as college football kind of winds down i think we're really going to start to try to this is what year two we just hit 50 episodes maybe get a little more structure and see if we can uh, mm-hmm. uh build a little bit going into the new year so
1: um, yeah. If you have segment ideas, if you have any guests you'd like to have on that are realistic, um, we can g- realistic. Maybe yeah. We'll more. put a talk, we'll put a call we'll out a tra- to Travis, yeah. Travis and Taylor. We'll see if if we can get on that list, but um, anything, anyone who wants to be on, um, if you can give us a compelling reason on what we would want to talk about, definitely. We're open to it. Obviously, if you just want to come on and not say anything, that would be kind of tough, um, but <laughs> Anything like that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're on to the next 50, and we want to try and keep this, keep this building a little bit. So, uh, also me and Dom both just put new blogs up about the playoff on Cooler Talk. Um, if I have time this week, I will probably put out a rant about the Jets organization. Um, that I will dovetail nicely into the fact that if they can find a way to get top three pick, um, I will find a way to be, Happy again about it, but that's okay. So, besides that, Dom, anything from you? Yeah, I'm uh,
0: probably gonna have some some uh, boots tomorrow for Jimmy V Classic, some good college foot, college basketball. So, as college football ends, college basketball begins. The circle of life continues. So, that's exciting. Uh, it's like right down the street from my office. So, get to see UConn, which always draws a big crowd to the Garden, but. Yeah. We're oh, go. you're going to
1: oh, stores. Store South.
0: Yeah, store South. Uh Boca Raton North. FAU, big FAU contingent. Um,
1: so we'll have both seen FAU live this year. That's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and then Illinois, and I'm forgetting the last team, but uh yeah. So getting into college basketball, super exciting. Get to see Penn State plays at the Garden a couple weeks too for basketball. So we're really going to be going to be diving headfirst in the basketball and keeping everybody up to date on the Redbirds too, which is, which is fun. to have been following them. That very state game was tight, but pull, pulling out, pulling out a couple games as underdogs here.
1: Yeah. And the Valley Valley now 10th best conference in Kempom. Pretty impressive. So we, we keep building as the Redbirds build. So does cooler talk. Um, mm-hmm. So that being said, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys at our next water break.